Hi, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpool Critics Movie Podcast, where today we are discussing the 1993 classic, Jurassic Park. <laughs> spoiler alert! If a dinosaur said spoiler alert, that's how they would say it. Mm, I think the water in my water bottle just <laughs> trembled there. Also, 1993, guys. Come on. If you haven't seen this movie, what are you doing? Every time I do a spoiler, I'm also going to shame people for not watching the movie. <laughs> just so you know. Especially when like you could be born after this movie and still get into the bar. <laughs> That's true. We've and, all seen this movie before, right? And depressing. As a kid, but like never as an adult. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I think I've watched it once as an adult. And if you're in our convoy of listeners who watch the movies before our podcast every week, next week we're going to do Judas and the Black Messiah, yeah. which is a new movie coming out 2021. Very exciting. Mm, on HBO Max. It's getting good reviews. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Jurassic Park. Today, it's Jurassic Park all day. David? Good for you. David, what do you give this movie out of 10? (laughs) Jurassic Park is an absolutely landmark achievement in blockbuster filmmaking, VFX, and curing insomnia. (laughs) 7 out of 10. (laughs) Hmm. Nice. David thinks it's a snoozer. It's a boring movie. Really? Yeah, I think it's really boring. I've tried to watch it many times over the last 10 years, and I don't think I've ever made it through in the last 10 years. I I always fall asleep. Coming out of 2001, this was not boring at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, here's my slogan. Equal parts terrifying and heartwarming. Jurassic Park takes a bite out of the 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, 8.5. I liked it. Great. I was not bored. Jurassic Park is a one in a million concept that's fun for the whole family. Unless your family includes scared babies and dads who are mad that the shotguns never get used. Hey! 8 out of 10. <laughs> Pretty oh. much piggybacking what you're saying about its equal parts frightening and wholesome. Yeah. It's so weird. I can't figure out what it is. Oh, so you, you had a problem watching it with your kid? No, my my kid was asleep, but uh, oh. I could see like... I was too scared as a kid to it, watch this It's super movie. wholesome, but then it's like, whoa, that guy is getting bitten in half by a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, but that... Okay, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, that scene when the arm falls on her, that was too much for me. I, I remember walking away from the TV as but that's like, really like that's really like the only instance of gore in the movie. But it's scary. It's tense. It's I think sc- it's definitely I think scary. the man... Hanging out of the T Rex's mouth is yeah is crazy. Who, what that doesn't happen. It does. Who win? The the, account, the, the lawyer. Gets... Oh, his lower half. <laughs> 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 Who cares about that? Only his head's in the mouth. You don't see him get severed. No. He's but just like see, ah no. He I'm gets getting flung. tickled. He I'm gets, getting tickled by the tongue. He's getting flung around like shaken like a dog. Who gets shaken around? He gets <laughs> bitten and shaken around. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he's a lawyer, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually very so satisfying. funny. Can you imagine? <laughs> like the FCC or whoever it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that's PG. Yeah, yeah they're, that's <laughs> they're fine. He's not a human. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it right after this message from our sponsor, Private Internet Access VPN. PIA helps you hide your true IP address so that you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship and just general malaise internet <laughs> police people you know hmm. downers you can connect up to 10 devices at once and it includes an internet kill switch clever girl if your vpn gets disconnected involuntarily pia is available for windows mac android ios and even as a goddamn chrome extension so check it out at lmg.gg carpool critics lest you be entombed in amber. <laughs> Carpool Critics is supported by Vessi Footwear, famous for making shoes that are light, comfortable, and most importantly, waterfru- waterproof. Waterproof. If you step on one of those really deep T-Rex puddles. <laughs> they're made from a dual climate knit material, and they're 100% vegan, which is completely badass. They don't eat goats. They've uh, just announced their new weekend shoe, which Riley is pointing at, but you don't know because you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> So head to Vessi.com slash Carpool Critics to reserve your own or check out their existing lineup and get 25 bucks off 
using our code. He has kissed his own shoe. I just kissed it. It's okay. Disgust. He's wearing a mask. It's okay. I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what they're for. All right. Uh, if you haven't watched this movie since childhood, why doesn't why, why doesn't Riley just tell you? Okay. <laughs> why doesn't he? <laughs> why don't you just tell us? Rich old British guy John Hammond has built a theme park with cloned dinosaurs on a secluded island. But before it can open, its investors demand that experts certify its safety. So Hammond's team brings mathematician Dr. Ian Malcolm, paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant, and paleobotanist Dr. Ellie Sadler, they're together, the last two, to the island for a tour. The park's geneticists reveal the dinosaurs are actually part frog and are genetically female to prevent breeding. Malcolm scoffs at the idea, saying, life finds a way. Hammond sends the experts on a tour of the park with his grandchildren, Lex and Tim, who take a liking to Dr. Grant, despite his distaste for kids. But the only dinosaur they actually see is a sick triceratops. Meanwhile, Jurassic Park's lead computer guy, Dennis Nedry, has been hired by a corporate rival to steal dinosaur embryos. It's Newman. <laughs> Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. He deactivates the park's security system and books it as a storm hits the island, but he's eventually eaten by a Dilophosaurus, so forget about him. With the electric fences down, the tour group is attacked by a T-Rex who eats the lawyer guy and injures Malcolm while Grant escapes with Lex and Tim. They shelter for the night in a tree, discovering dinosaur eggshells in the morning. Some dinos have changed their sex, like West African frogs. Hammond's team reboots the park's systems, but it requires manual input from inside a maintenance bunker. Sattler volunteers and narrowly escapes from velociraptors, who kill two other team members. Grant and the kids reach the visitor center, leading to a number of tense standoffs with two raptors. But just before the group gets eaten, they're saved by the T-Rex, who attacks the raptors, allowing the group to board a helicopter and escape. You know, originally the T-Rex wasn't what saved them. Oh. And because you know they're dangling from this display that's like these these bones of a T-Rex and a brontosaurus or something like that. Originally they just they cut the wires or something and the T-Rex mouth of the bone no. fell onto the <laughs> onto the raptors. But it, the the T-Rex was such a big hit that they thought audiences would be really disappointed if they saw the T-Rex at the Oh, for sure. at the early part of the movie and never again. Yeah. So mm. it comes in and it's a wicked ending having oh, it, it come in from the side. It is. I mean it's I mean it's a bit of a Deus Rex. <laughs> Machina. I've been holding on to that. Have you? <laughs> yeah. It was good. I, 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 I resisted putting it in the synopsis. Shameless. And I'm so glad that it came up yeah. so soon. That was good. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's certainly set up, but it doesn't feel like they've earned it. Yeah. They've no, done no, nothing sure. to earn that T-Rex. And I just had a logistical issue. I'm like, how did the T-Rex get in there? How did yeah. they, none of them hear Notice? It? Nobody yeah. hears the big crash. Yeah. Like, yeah. stomp, stomp, stomp. Like, he's like tiptoeing in. He could be. He <laughs> could <laughs> do stealth stuff. <laughs> he looks at one of the kids. He's like, shh. His little his little <laughs> arm that can't make it to his mouth. Oh man, we're memeing off this movie right away. Yeah. What do you guys love about this movie? I think that the movie does a really good job uh, at succinctly and clearly introducing every character. Mm. I think they each have like a good little introduction moment where you're like, I get who that is. I get these kids. I get uh, Jeff Goldblum. I get Newman. I get. I understand what they're going for. It's really characters. tight like that. I mm-hmm. was reading the screenplay this weekend, and the first. The first, I would call act one, I'm going to get into this later, but it's kind of weird to think about how this movie is structured, but mm. the time before they get on the helicopter to land on the island, when you're introducing almost all the characters, not the kids yet, and again, I'll talk about that, mm. um, it's just so tight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, every scene is cool, like, it opens on that they're feeding a dinosaur or trying to transport a dinosaur. You see the trees are moving, you're like, oh crap, we're in the jungle. You know what you paid for the ticket for. You know what you're about yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. But then they subvert your expectation and it's actually just like a forklift yeah. and not a dinosaur. 
But it kind of is a dinosaur because it's carrying one. Yeah. I wrote that down as well because it's like that that like rustling branches and stuff is a motif that's used. I mean, I guess it was used first here, but it's no, like, probably Godzilla and stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess so. I was just going to say they're used um, in all of the Jurassic Park movies and like in, yeah, tons of other like monster movies or whatever where it's like, what's in the grass? But yeah, it, it, it's a great subversion in but that moment. I just like that scene's really cool and compelling. And then you when you go from there to the dig site, mm. that's cool the way they do it. You brushes like discovering a dinosaur bone. Everybody wants to do that. And the camera lifts up and it reveals the whole shape of the dinosaur. Very cool yeah. stuff. Then you go right to Newman and he's got this diabolical plot. You hate him yeah. instantly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just tight. I like yeah. how they, and I feel like in another movie, they wouldn't set up all of this background ahead of time. Like before we even, I think all that's set up before we even get introduced to Grant. Right. Uh, I think what you get is uh, you're in the woods with the disaster that happens when they're yeah. trying to transport the dinosaur. Then it goes to the lawyer yeah. who's at the at the, the mine. The, amber mine. That amber mine scene. Does it have bad ADR? It felt like it. It's like the voices sound like they're coming from like a session after the filming where they talked into yeah. microphones. It's like too clear. You don't hear enough ambient noise. You, I thought, you, I, and you go to there. It didn't and bother me. That's when he's. Uh, they're talking about Grant, though. They're setting up Grant. Because remember the, sort of, the yeah. guy who's in charge of the, uh, the mine there, when sh- he shows the lawyer a uh, mosquito trapped in amber, and he says, you'll never get Grant to the island because, like me, he's a digger. So uh, it's kind of, I think it's permissible to be setting up somebody else. No, no, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying it's good. Like, I feel like the movie showed restraint and not trying to, not, not jumping right to the, you know, pr- protagonists or whatever. But you know what they do? As soon as you get to the island, they get that... Holy fucking yeah. shit, it's a <laughs> dinosaur. Yeah. Right away. I yeah. thought that was way later in the movie. Oh, really? What, yeah. the Brachiosaurus moment? Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Dude, man, that I, that still moved me. I got chills really? watching this. I mean, I haven't. Huh. I probably haven't seen this movie for... I'm, I, I, okay, here's what probably happened. I've seen clips of it as an adult, but I don't think I've watched this whole movie all the way f- through from start to finish mm-hmm. as an adult. And... It got me. I was like, this was made in 1993, and that scene, the CGI is clearly dated uh, on the Brachiosaurus there. Not awful, though. It's not awful. And later, I think the CGI, I mean, there's lots of practical props used in this as well, but I think that this scene being in broad daylight and uh, kind of having this, like, broad expanse that's, like, it's it's easy to see the imperfections, um, it, it it got me. Like, the, huh. the music swelling up. Was it John Williams? Yep. Yes. John Williams is freaking kills it every single time. Yep. Um, the music and their acting is so good. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you think that's hokey or not? Like when he spots the dinosaurs and then there's a slow motion, like stand up in the Jeep and like awkwardly take your glasses off and your mouth is just gaping open. Like, do you think maybe I've seen the gift too many times, but uh, it, it kind of looks a little hokey to me now. Honestly, man, I don't know. I was completely sold because like, I'm, I'm just like staring at his face and all I see there was, there are a few moments where I'm like, this would have been hard for the actors not seeing the dinosaur <laughs> to 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 elicit this sense of real raw emotion because I was like, this is a paleontologist who's studying these animals his entire life and the very first time in his life he actually sees one in the flesh. It's like, you're going to have like a religious experience. You know what movie I had an ex- experience just like that with or a very similar thing is Arrival. Hmm. When they see that alien right. ship and the helicopter's flying into it for like a long time, yeah. I was like, wow. I feel hmm. like when a movie can do this properly where they can show a character really wrestling with the gravity of what's happening in front of them and we as the audience can see that on their face, I feel like it's kind of rare for, for a movie to capture that properly. But I feel like this movie does it so well with the originally they're not really paying attention and they look out and just kind of like the slow buildup of like the widening of the eyes, 
the grabbing the glasses and he's struggling with them because he's so like shocked mm -hmm. just the shock in his face and then he grabs Sadler's head and turns her away and she has like the exact same reaction and it's just as good Laura Dern is great in this movie and uh, Mel <laughs> I mean Malcolm's character I think he he is consistent with that because he doesn't have the same sort of shocked reaction he's not a paleontologist he's a chaos theorist so he's more like oh of course <laughs> i think he also knew it wasn't a surprise to him because yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't tell the paleontologist right, or the right, botanist right. what was it was there with malcolm he just says you son of a bitch you did it like he <laughs> yeah, might he yeah. already knew well, I, think about that, it. Yeah. I think it's a huge testament to spielberg's skill where he mm. knows that you gotta it's all about like the like slow release of like payoff mm. and he knows that we're waiting for the dinosaur so that scene is like all this tension building because you you know there's a dinosaur there yeah. but you're instead you're forced to look at faces and you're like this tension is building this tension's building mm. as the music's building and yeah. it's just like this huge moment of musical release as it's an emotional release and it really does work maybe that explains uh something in the screenplay that didn't quite make it to the actual final movie which is in that scene it describes uh laura dern's character sadler talking about how this plant isn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Which you actually don't... She's just riding with it and has it, but in the screenplay, she's supposed to, like, pluck it off of some mm. tree. It sounded like they are driving through a more heavily wooded area yep. in the screenplay, but this is like a grassland, mm -hmm. but she just has this leaf somehow. Well, she... I think they started at the visitor center, and they had to go through things, and I think the implication was that she just... Yeah, I believe it, but yeah. it's just different but um that's something with that grant, I oh go ahead well with grant they describe it as he's he's looking at these really big tree trunks hmm. and it turns out the tree trunks are the legs of the brontosaurus oh. oh and so maybe to speak to david's point that wouldn't work because we know what we're watching so yeah. we would just know their legs right yeah. away yeah i think or, that would undercut it or just there's just no way to visually show that like i think it also would the audience a lot things. harder too because then you have to tr like mask all the trees and then like use that it, whereas if it's just like sky that's really easy to put a cg figure yeah. in front of that i think that that's a bit of an overused trope where someone's like they are there's like a giant thing and they're like just walking by it and they have no idea that it's there but and it's then the suddenly mind. like an eye opens yeah, or yeah, something yeah. and it's like what this boulder is actually a monster <laughs> I feel like that's overused. So I, I, I appreciate them just kind of having the raw reaction of just like, oh, <laughs> holy shit. Another weird <laughs> thing dinosaur. from that scene from the screenplay is when I was reading the screenplay, there was all this dialogue when they're seeing the dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't remember this crap. This must have got cut. This is mm -hmm. so much dialogue. And it's yeah. talking about like, look how agile the brontosaurus is. We never thought that. Look at it going on its tippy toes. And we were so wrong. But then watching the movie, it almost all is in there. It's just they kind of... They kind of say it under their breath, and yeah. and you don't really hear it, and you don't really care anyway, but they're just having their own kind of stream yeah. of consciousness reactions as the professionals that they are. You watched it with uh, subtitles, Riley? Yeah. So you would have seen that, David? I did not watch it with So subtitles. did you, you know the dialogue I'm talking about? Did you, yeah. know, did you notice it? No, it, it felt very natural. Well, and the tippy-toes like, tippy thing to reach the high branches or whatever, I don't think that was dialogue. I think it just showed it. Showed the it, it, in the screenplay it is. Oh, in the screenplay so it is. Yeah, almost I, all of it made it in. But, right, right, right. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, I, mean, I, I find I think the CG when they first reveal the Brachiosaurus is a little dated. Oh, like the way sure. that the scringe stretches and stuff on his body is bad. The next shot where they show the bunch of Brachiosauruses and the other dinosaurs with the ridge heads, and it's further back, and there's kind of like an ambient occlusion or yeah. something. That looked way better. Great trick. Yeah, I just I found it a little bit disappointing on this rewatch. Actually, that Brachiosaurus. I just was like, oh yeah, uh, it looks like a '93 video game. Yeah, well, yeah, like yeah. A 1999 video game. Oh, 100. I think that CGI did not look that great. But I think that um, I got chills because of all the other elements. Fair enough. We're so great. Do you like, guys have any idea if the 4K version of that movie is like a remaster on the... I don't think it's like a real 4K. I think it's just like a upscaled 1080 So they didn't retouch the... I don't think so. Because I have to admit, there was times where I was like, is this the practical T-Rex or 
the CG T-Rex. I think the T-Rex is way better, and part of it is the design of the lighting, where yeah. it's much more obscured, and like there's a lot more blending between the animatronic and the... And there's rain. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, it's dark, and there's rain and stuff. And lens flares. Oh. Lens flares matter. Is it a problem? No, it's great. Oh. It helps hide the CG. The lens flares coming off the... The Tyrannosaurus's Teeth. flashlights. They're, yeah. <laughs> flashlights. It's got built-in lights. Yeah. I think that this movie also is really good in the second act at like having like setting up an obstacle and then these characters have to overcome it mm. uh, in usually a clever way. Like it's not like always like the simplest thing. Like they're actually using their, their intellect and they're growing through these obstacles. And that's I think this movie does that really well. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest moments is when you are torn as a viewer because you want Sadler to turn the power back on, mm -hmm. but you don't want Grant and the kids to get electrocuted. Yeah. And, you have, and you yourself have these competing interests. It's, yeah. yeah, that's a good scene. Although, yeah. oh no, that's a nitpick. I'll get to it later. Oh, I got some nitpicks. Yeah, we got yeah, lots we'll of nitpicks. Um, but no nitpicks, yeah, we're still no, the positives. positives. Um, I think probably my favorite thing about this movie is uh, Alan Grant's arc. I think that it's like so neat. That's Sam Neill? Sam Neill, okay. yeah, Dr. Alan Grant. Uh, he starts out as being this kind of like- you, Hold on a second, do you mean neat like cool or do you mean like tight? Tight. Okay. I didn't want to say tight because you had already said like tight like four or five you times. You should have said tizite. <laughs> <laughs> Tizite, my dude. Um, yeah, he starts out as just, you know, it's it's very clearly established to us that A, he does not like technology. Like, he doesn't like the idea of kind of progress, which this whole island represents, right? That's like so thematically linked. And he does not like kids. I think also because kids are sort of like a representation of the future, right? It's He is kind of stuck in this in this place where he doesn't want to progress in his own life. He's, he's like... I don't want to progress to like fatherhood. I want to stay where I am. I'm being this like grumpy old man and I don't want to take responsibility. Or advance his relationship with Sadler. Like right. they're not married, right? They have different last names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's but I don't think they're married. Yeah. And, they're, but they're, they're obviously together. And they're she wants and she want, wants kids, right. which is advancing the relationship. And he yeah. doesn't. And not not that like everyone should have kids or whatever. I just think that that's like a well, really cool. It's 93. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um I think in his situation, it's like she wants kids, and so he's like, I'm not respecting your wishes, or I'm not, I don't even want to mm -hmm. have the conversation. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Look, the point is that he starts from this like grumpy place, and he spends, he gets forced in this situation where he has to take care of the kids on the island, and the 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 way that that arc is is completed is beautiful. I love that moment when she's like he like the the accountant ran away. It's like he left us. He left us. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at her. He's like, I will not leave you. That's I'm not here what with, I'm yeah, going to do. do. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's such a great moment. But it's not the first uh, progression of that arc. The first little visual that he's getting closer is uh, the little girl Lex like stumbles and then he helps her up. Mm. He just right, like grabs right, her right. and picks her up. It's just like a little minute. And then he like tries to pull his arm away, but she holds on. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. It's so great. Um, hmm, go ahead. I find a little bit of that characterization of him a little bit sloppy, I would say. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't like him like, I don't like computers. And it's like, why not? Like, it's helping you do your job. Like, this is super helpful technology to you. Like, Wait, what? what's going on? You don't see how somebody could, like, not be into... I don't know. It just feels like... fangled technology? Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. This I don't know. It's like making thing, making what you do accessible to other people so you're not so special anymore. I think, I think in his experience, <laughs> he goes to, like, tap the screen and he breaks it. I feel it, like yeah. it, he's probably I, one of these, like, clumsy people who... They're 93 ever. computers. Like, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're esoteric. I, I'm more, actually, was rubbed a bit the wrong way of like when how they demonstrate how he doesn't like kids i'm like he traumatizes that one boy. like that's a pretty intense thing yeah. and then like even he goes when overboard the, when the, yeah or like <laughs> the, it goes the other way where the girl grabs his hand like that scene i found it just like that's not how that would play like it's a little bit weird how clingy the kids are so quick 
I think that, yeah. I it mean, is, it, these are, I'm in nitpicks. Let's go back to, to, yeah. to positive lens. <laughs> I was going to wonder uh, if you guys, or I was wondering if you thought that his speech to that kid about the how raptors are badass <laughs> and you should respect them. Um, it's kind of hokey. It's kind of like yeah. overboard. Oh, definitely. But the movie is self-aware of that. And, and Sadler's like, you know, you could have just pulled a gun on him. Like, <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think it's overboard on purpose. And That's, yeah, I think that it's... It characterizes him, it. though. Yeah, We know sure. he's an expert. That's, and it also is one of these things uh, that screenwriters do called the like the praise of the killer kind of speech. Mm. You see it a lot in horror movies mm. uh, where you're basically every... any. Lots of different movies where you have someone. Let me tell you why the villain is formidable. Yeah. Let me tell you what what we're mm. up against here. Yeah, and you can actually get two of these in this movie. The first one's by him. The second one is a more traditional one. A lot of the time, you'll hear a speech like this come from a, a person who's already dealt with it. Right. So the quintessential ha quintessential example is Quint from Jaws. Ah. So, I wasn't on the Jaws episode, but that guy is the archetype of this, where it's like. You know, like walking oh, with like a peg leg, to like, oh yeah, I've been up against this before. <laughs> and and in, in this movie, it's it's Muldoon, the Australian right. dude, and he he's talking to Grant, and like, oh yeah, they're intelligent, they're yeah. like this. You do not want to fight these things. Yeah, when those guys get together and start talking, I'm <laughs> just vibing. like, oh yeah, these guys, no, these guys should be in charge right here. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene with a kid, I think like. It does go overboard, but as you say, I think it's doing double duty. Mm. I'm not thinking so much. Like, I am thinking in that in that moment, like, whoa, he's going a little overboard with this kid. But at the same time, a lot of people are coming to this movie for the dinosaurs. They want to see these crazy death-dealing creatures. And this scene is getting us stoked to see the Velociraptors. He's got that claw. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that, th- I think that's the thing that I took away from that scene as a kid. Mm. I'm not thinking about, oh, Alan Grant doesn't like kids so much. I'm thinking... Ooh. Holy crap, the Velociraptors are badass, which is, I'm going to say this now, they don't exist, right? They're they're like miniature poodle size. Yeah, so Velociraptors, yeah, Velociraptors existed, but they were t- chicken size. Yeah. Wait, whoa, whoa, they're that small? They're really yeah. small. Oh, I thought they're they were like tiny. dog size. They're small dog size. So, whoa. So, so here's like the deal, turkey. though. That's weak. This is what's weird about, <laughs> this is what's weird about, dra- I mean, it makes sense. There is a raptor who is like a Velociraptor, but it's called Deinonychus, and it's more like, um, it's a little bit shorter than the raptors we see in the in the movie. They're huge. Yeah, but they they are very very similar, and their their snout doesn't look as cool. Mm. The Velociraptor is so named because it's like fast, right? Fast raptor, mm. and their their just design looks awesome. So basically, the designers of Jurassic Park they scaled up this Velociraptor chicken sized dinosaur to be basically a Deinonychus but cooler. Mm. Um, so that, that always bugged me. That fossil, that kick ass like six inch. Like moon crescent claw that no no that's real but it's just too big. Hold on, let me Google. Like that would be like a fish hook. Yeah, (laughs) I think think that's something that I really like in this movie. I think they do a good job with the like pseudoscience, making it believable. Like if you look it up, they got a lot of stuff about the dinosaurs wrong. But when you're watching this movie, it doesn't matter. Crichton, this is sweet. Yeah, 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 well, and Crichton's a pretty good sci-fi writer. Like uh, the books are more about the genetics and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, and I I was reading because I was curious. I'm like, is this possible and it's like there's absolutely no way because in 1.5 million years the dna would be too deconstructed that you couldn't recover anything so 65 million years absolutely no way that you would be able to recover enough to make an animal it doesn't matter though it sounds realistic it sounds believable when you're watching it you buy in you completely buy in that's all that matters um so the deinonychus did have like a crazy ass uh claw like that but it wasn't so curved like it it was a it was a claw that sticks up so they can like jab people with it, but huh. yeah, it's not as crazy as in the movie. Yeah, also, it doesn't matter. To also, me. their arms were rotated in like they were holding a ball. Right. Well, they, we what? see the raptors do that in the a movie a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, normally they have kangaroo arms. 
that's, that's, well, that's we, true. That's but um, they they show him when he when they attack the uh, T Rex. Yep. They go low and they put their arms forward oh. and kind of like rush it like that. And when they when like they open the door you. handles, they they just together. <laughs> yeah, man. This movie is one of these like rare like treats. Like, how can I make a movie that will apl- just appeal to every human on Earth? Like, yeah. who on this planet doesn't want to see dinosaurs in real life from a safe distance? Like, that is just an amazing premise. Yeah, yeah. And we're lucky that it, it got executed in a way that's yeah. awesome. It would mm-hmm. suck if this got ruined and had to be, like, redone by somebody. Right. But, uh, yeah. man, like, if you can just strike gold like that. It's kind of crazy because dinosaurs had shown up in film before but this is really the first time that they were like rendered with this amount of detail into this level of sophistication well, where yeah. you kind of actually believe that that dinosaur is there well, they're not stop motion it's not just yeah. like a guy in a suit well or it's something. totally right place right time where the technology finally was good enough right. but it's also steven spielberg being very aware of what he's putting out in the world mm. and he knows what works and what doesn't he's not like kidding himself like, yeah that looks fine he knew what could work, what didn't, and like he made great decisions for what should be animatronics and not. Well, he, like, he wanted animatronics from the beginning. Yeah. He, but it was just because he wanted macro, like the whole animatronic entire huge dinosaurs. <laughs> mm, but then they uh, they were like, we, we can't <laughs> afford that. And it just turned out they were able to show him some of the stuff they could do on mm, computers at that time, and it cool. was good enough. Man. Yeah, the animatronics in the movie are fucking incredible. Like the, the Triceratops one. That's like yeah. a ten out of ten. It really looks. Yeah, it looks just completely realistic. So yeah. The crew is coming off of the sequel to Alien, Aliens, and they had done the Queen, which is all pneumatic, yeah. and that, so that was the basis of it. Yeah, that scene, like even the way, well, like it's a smart setup because he can't really move, so there's only a limited amount of motion that's possible. But the expression, the breathing, like when yeah, he the goes breathing. and like puts his ear on it and he sees the breathing, like this is real. That's yeah. like a real dinosaur. The eye was really yeah. good. It's bloodshot. Yeah. I think, Man, there's so many shots of like the animals, uh, the dinosaurs' eyes dilating when like mm-hmm. light goes over them in this movie. Like um, when Lex is in, when they're trapped in the car and the T Rex is like they're trying not to move because its vision is based on movement, which is also not true. Not true, but it's also annoying because it's like its head is inches away from you. Yeah, yeah. I don't care <laughs> what it can see; it can smell you, it'll yeah. just eat you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, she moves the light, the flashlight, so it passes over its eyes and it's like yeah. dilates. I was like, ah, that's so cool. It's really cool. And like, even that T Rex scene, like, they switch between the animatronic and the CG. But the animatronic's huge. Oh, yeah. Like, when it's coming out, it's incredible. There's, (laughs) there's one, there was one shot where the T Rex is like, uh, the, the view is looking above, like, from above the T Rex down at the, uh, car. And, you see the T-Rex's head kind of like judder, like <laughs> shudder a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, it, it's on like a yeah, excavator yeah, or something. Like like, end. Yeah, that was the one Not part. necessarily. They actually had issues shooting that because oh, of yeah. the rain. They didn't, they they put the rain in as a later addition. They hadn't told the animatronics builders oh. that they were going to have rain on the set. So oh, it yeah. wasn't built to get wet. So when it got wet, the latex skin absorbed a bunch of water making the whole animatronic way heavier oh. and that made the motors judder and they right. had, yeah they had to do a well yeah okay yeah for, they, they had to hit it cat. with blankets and towels oh to try God. to dry it off <laughs> that's so interesting that's hilarious i mean regardless yeah i that was the that was the only part in the whole movie though where i'm like well that's not true some of the animatronic like the dilophosaurus i'm like that's 100 percent. i can see like i can see the little robotic movements yeah but there's there's only really those two shots where i was like the the illusion is shattered yeah the rest of it is like looks so good well i mean animatronics by their nature have those limitations like the hatching scene is incredible and it's like when he's first popping out it looks so good and then the more you see the dinosaur not really move much you're like i get it it's a little animatronic but it doesn't matter because like they're actually interacting with something tactile and like even if they could do cg that looks almost as good it, it doesn't sell as well because like 
the CG's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just looking at a tennis ball or something, yeah, exactly. right? And you're trying to react to it. A you, naked Josh Brolin or something. You mentioned you mentioned that the science <laughs> is that like an Infinity War yeah. reference? Ball yeah. Chin. yeah. Um, you mentioned that the science is like okay, it wouldn't work with the yeah. genome or whatever. But I think the movie does a really good job of making you believe 100%. that it is. Like this is one of the only sci-fi movies where I don't ask that many questions about how the heck they did totally. this and like, yeah, right, they did it. Because they explain it so clearly and I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Kind of over- when are we gonna get dinosaurs, yeah. you know? I think the part of that is like right time, right place. There was not really a widespread use of the internet. Mm. And I think that if this movie came out today, instantly there would be like a million BuzzFeed articles being like, why Jurassic Park is stupid. Right. And then everyone would read it and be like, and internalize it and be like, yeah, I always thought that Jurassic Park was stupid. Or, I mean, or they could go the other way. Yeah, Why Interstellar? They used actual scientists. And, yeah. You know, they yeah, maybe way. they would try harder even. Because like yeah, there, maybe they would there are obviously, it. there are some things that I noticed on this rewatch where I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like obviously the, um, they implanted the embryos into like ostrich eggs or something. That totally resonated with me. They're using emu and ostrich eggs? That's what they're doing today when they're like, oh, we can resurrect the dodo or we can resurrect mammoths. Like they literally can today. That's how they do it. If they want to take, if they want to resurrect a bird, they put it into a similar living bird, like a chicken egg. But wait, but I'm, wait. You got some TED Talks to watch, buddy. No, 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 no. (laughs) Shit's real. No, but I was confused because wait, are they like injecting, are they like fertilizing an emu? With the have you had sex before? <laughs> they build giant animatronic mammoths. Do they do what I do and they kind of an squat emo. and then spray? <laughs> what? what is going on? Like a salmon? Um, I, no, no, no. I'm saying, did they take an, an egg that already existed? It came out of an emu. We, you know, we did emu. We didn't do anything with it. And then they like inject the DNA. I, in no, it. you got to do it earlier while it's in the emu. While it's in yeah, the emu, it has to be the emu is pregnant with it, and then it would bloop, pop it out, and then it would hatch with the dino. Because right, because an <laughs> emu lays an egg and it's unfertilized. Oh right, that's how birds work. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. Are no, you talking wait, about that's like, not how, that's all how birds. fish work, man? What are you talking? No, about? that's how. Wait, that's how some birds. Are work. you saying some birds lay an egg that's just sitting there on the ground inert, and then another male comes by and goes. Yeah, I and put so. and puts I, like some seeds in there. I think that's how there. some this of them do so it. This is so unimportant. Okay. No, this is important. <laughs> you know, okay, you looked that up. But speaking of unimportant, I feel like the uh, explanation of how all that works in the movie, like the Mr. DNA cartoon tour yeah. thing, that's way too long. I agree. It's a little bit too long. I think if you're a kid, animation like that always is the stuff that appeals to you. Like, what was it? The Pink Panther. I hated that movie when I was a kid, but I love those animated intros. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think when you're a kid, it's a good little attention grab. You're like, cartoon. Oh, yes. oh yeah, that's for sure, for sure. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Birds have cloacas. <laughs> <laughs> they both have cloacas, and they just rub. They just rub them together. Okay. Oh, okay. And so that's how they do it. There's no fertilizing of. I was wrong. I was thinking of salmon because of yeah. the example I had already given. So the egg comes out fertilized. You know, birds were fish once. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, but I thought I had. I thought I had seen something like that. <laughs> It's just like, just like kind of settling down, fluffing no, feathers wait. up and squatting on an egg. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like at least one bird species that does that. How would it permeate the shell? The shell's brittle. Okay, it the, doesn't matter. It's when it's still soft. <laughs> it's a, squishy eggs. <laughs> oh, man. All right, moving on. Anyways, yeah, I agree. The DNA guy was great. I'm a dinosaur <laughs> or whatever. I like how Malcolm says dinosaur. Dinosaur. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, is, uh, mm, uh, uh, mm. Oh, man. His laugh yeah. in the helicopter. 
Oh, that was creepy. It's like one of his first lines. No, I love it. I love it. And I love his characterization so early on. He he's like he's he's getting to know these guys and he goes and like slaps um Hammond's leg. Oh, he's yeah. like, Oh yeah, that's what whatever it is. He's talking, he slaps his leg and Hammond's like, Get off of me. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I don't want a rock star. Yeah, I love I, I mean Jeff Goldblum's kind of a weirdo now. Yeah. And we're learning that he was kind of always a weirdo, but that weirdo energy. It's perfect. Brings a lot to this character. I think he's the character I like the most in this movie. For sure. Oh, it's yeah. nice to have little twists on things, you know? Like, he's a mathematician, well, rock star, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, which is weird. I was like, that's not a trope, but yeah, okay. No, no, that's exactly it. It's better when it's not a trope. Right, It's right. better when it's like a twist on something. But it was just weird. Like, not you, what you bring a ex- rock star, I bring a scientist, you bring a rock star. And I was just like... I don't know. I like well, that, he's though. Got you leather. get it. No, yeah, it I would, love his character. It'd be really boring if he was another, like, very serious nerd character. It's true. Very similar to Sam Neill. Like, this is a- he actually gets kind of sidelined in this movie. His leg yeah. gets hurt, and then, and that's, what, halfway through? And then he kind of just sits there the rest of the time. That's yeah, one I thing agree. I was struck by on this rewatch. I was like, oh, he'd ba- he, he basically does nothing I in I think it's because in our memories, we remember watching one and two. And yeah. He's got a... Yeah. He has more screen well, time in the Sam second Neil one, right? doesn't come back, I don't think, right? So it's just Not for the Jeff Goldblum? No. I can't speak. That I haven't seen it no. since childhood. But I remember Malcolm in a convertible in the city <laughs> with a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Goldblum comes back for Lost World, the second one. And then Sam Neill comes back for Jurassic Park 3. Mm. Have you guys seen the the Pratt ones? Like the yeah, world ones? They're yeah. not very good. They look they're... so bad I didn't bother. The first one's like, uh, like eh, okay, it's fine. The second one is garbage. I let, me, s- let me say... Yeah, the first one's fine. It's fine. I will it's say that fine. the trailer for the new one that comes out in, in like summer 2022, mm. I'm actually kind of interested in. Because Colin Trevorrow, who I think wrote and directed the first one, he's coming back for the third one. No. So he... He wrote and directed which one? Jurassic uh, World. Jurassic World, the oh, okay. first one with Chris Pratt and um, poof, Howard. What's her name? Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, we each added one name to that name. <laughs> <laughs> Someone help me here. Uh... Yeah, the first one was good, and yeah, it was, was his. It was his script, and he directed it, I think. And um, he got taken off the second one for some reason. Well, he and was going to do Star Wars. He was going to do Star Wars, and he wrote a script that would have been way better for Episode Nine. Yep. But whatever, that's a different episode and uh, of the podcast. And now he's coming back, and so I'm excited. I like the premise of uh, in the trailer. It shows. Basically, like the first dinosaurs born in America, like now it's a whole new way of life. There's no Jurassic Park. It's yeah. not on an island. It's actually now humans just live with dinosaurs and our society's collapsing. We have It's more like Planet of the Apes style. Yeah. That looks uh, kind of intriguing. I got to say that. And Jeff Goldblum's back. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he, he had like a little cameo in the second one, I think. And it was like, why, why did you do this? For $10 million. Yeah. It was like the <laughs> stupid nostalgia bait. Nonsense. Is that a real figure? Or you no, just... not a real figure. Okay. He, I, uh, probably I was just watching D- Dirty Dancing 2 and Patrick Swayze's in about <laughs> 45 Dancing. seconds and he got $5 million in like <laughs> 1990. Oh, God. Why so. are people so dumb? Anyways, um, what I was saying is that watching those new movies, I'm like, okay, these are kind of... These feel like a Disney-fied, chew it up and spit it out, kind of like commercialized, formulaic blockbuster. And it made me sad because I was like, oh, man, I remember the the first Jurassic Park movies having such magic. And watching this through for the first time in a while, I was like, there's the magic. Like, this movie does not... It's almost like to me it's like a it's a it's a tier above the rest of the franchise. Like, they made this movie, and it's a great movie beyond the dinosaurs... Right, but now the franchise is degraded to the point where you go see a Jurassic World movie, and you're only going to see that movie because of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not one, like, oh, I'm interested in the story. This one has a bunch of grace notes and like wholesomeness to it because it is a dichotomy between being a kids movie and being a horror movie. Mm-hmm. 
And and that, that's some criticism I've seen. I've seen reviews online that said that this was kind of like it should have been a horror movie, but then because they wanted a PG rating, they just neutered it. Um, but I don't agree with that. And yeah. I also so I spoke to a personal friend. I was like, what's your take on this movie? He said, I was just always pissed off. Whenever you equip a bunch of dudes with shotguns, I want to see the shotguns get used. Mm. This was like, that was bullshit. There's not enough blood and gore in this movie. But I, I disagree with the first uh, person that this movie got neutered or something. To me, it's in its DNA that it was always going to be like a four quadrant yeah. fun for all ages movie. Right. And part of that is because of Grant's arc, uh, which yes. is a, a wholesome family-based kind of arc. Because I remember David told me something I never clued in on when uh, in the past, which was in a lot of Disney movies or Pixar movies, the arc will have the main character or the story will have to do with like being an orphan or something about your parents. Yeah. And because it's for kids and kids can relate, you know, they all have that aspect of their life. Maybe yeah. they haven't fallen in love yet, so it can't be a love story. So yeah. give them something they can relate to. And in this movie, the main character, arguably, arguably the protagonist's arc is about family. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like becoming uh, a father, like, like accepting that, uh, I mean, okay, we, we, we can we can criticize it from like the societal perspective of like you you should be a father or whatever. But he is presented with this opportunity and he is recoiling from it, probably for not the most healthy reasons, not because he like is an antinatalist or something. He's just like grumpy, you know, and he has to be he has to have these experiences with kids to teach him this lesson. And I'm glad you brought the arc back up because I wanted to talk about how it is sort of um, uh, brought to fruition. It's brought to its end point. He is forced in this situation with the kids and through various encounters, He first he reassures Lex, I'm not going to leave. And then he goes and rescues Tim from the car in the tree, which is also something I want to talk about. But um, he demonstrates his capability for fatherhood there. And he leads them safely through the wilderness. But before that, the arc kind of completes early. They, they stay in the tree overnight. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do if you don't have to dig dinosaur bones up anymore? And he's like, I guess we'll just have to evolve too. And he's holding the claw in his hand. And that's the moment when he throws the claw away. And I'm like, whoa, the symbolism here is so great. Because (laughs) it's like he's throwing the claw away because he doesn't need it anymore. Because they're not going to need to dig up dinosaurs anymore. They're real dinosaurs. He's also throwing it away because it was like a physical thing that was like in the way. But he's also... Like, it, it represents his progression from this prior state of being to his current state of being, which is, I'm protecting these kids. I've accepted my role. I am going to accept progress. I'm I going no to longer need to have this claw with which I scare children. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, he's no longer using it to, to, to attack. He's using it to protect. <laughs> <laughs> to bring the meme into it. Most important. Um, yeah, and I just think it's, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. That's all. That's great. Yeah, well, I guess the other part of his, like, outer journey is, like, what is he there to do? What is the dramatic question of the movie? It is, will these scientists sign off on the park? Mm. And so that completes when he gets in the car with Hammond near, uh, for, closer to the end, and he's like, I don't sign off on your... I don't endorse your park. He, yeah. just, he just says it, right? Which is interesting, like because I think you could easily take that as confusing the theme. If the theme is, can humanity control nature, or is progress always good? Is what we call progress actually progress? And if you're saying that's the theme, then it's confused because in, in, in one area, Grant accepts the idea of progress, of like being a father. He's progressing in that way. But in the other, he says, no, this is, this is like this whole experiment that Hammond was trying to go with where the, the untested limitation of, of, of humanity is 
oh, sorry, the potential of humanity is being tested through our like ability to control chaos. On on that front, he says no. That's bad. Well, it's it's not always the case that the like every character's arc is a different angle or tack on the theme, mm-hmm. like explore from a different perspective. That's ideal. It's not yeah. always the case. So mm-hmm. if you have to, if you find that they're contrary or or you have to really do some gymnastics to make it all dovetail together, then maybe it's just one of the movies where they don't. Yeah, they didn't well, nail that. I, I, it doesn't bother me at all because I think that a movie with a complex ending like this is good, where it's it's not telling you 100% what to think, but it is saying, look at all these things, you know? It's kind of like, I mean, and I guess I'm saying the opposite of what I said in the fight in the Fight Club episode, where I'm like, there should be a third way. But I think that the movie does show you a clear way that is good, which is him like learning to take care of kids. And I think that that is a learning that he has the capacity and that it like he actually likes taking care of kids. Um, so I think that that is like a clear thing to being like, this is good. Well, at the same time, allowing you to think through the idea of progress and the idea of humanity's hubris, you know? Hammond represents the opposite. Yeah. Does he? Does Hammond have a real arc? Hammond de- definitely has Do an arc. Yeah, and it closes at the scene where he's eating the ice cream. Yeah, I don't really. No I guess I don't. I don't really feel it. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like he, he's just like a little bit misguided, and he kind of clues into that it's not working. Yeah. I don't feel like he has like a huge personal growth. He's just like this thing I tried didn't really work. I think that Hammond's hmm. Hammond's arc is. I think you're right because he's not really the protagonist. No. He's he's definitely an important character, but I think he kind of serves as a foil to Grant, hmm. where Grant is going through this journey, and where he's like, I don't like progress. I don't. Uh, I don't actually, like this I, I think Grant's thing. in the middle. On one end of the spectrum is Hammond. On the opposite end of that spectrum is Malcolm. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Grant's okay. in the, okay, sure. Grant's yeah, in the middle. Yeah, I can go with that. And yeah. the one aspect of Hammond's, uh, the way he reckons with the whole situation is the fact that it's his flesh and blood mm-hmm. who are at risk. It's his, right. his grandkids are the ones that are in danger right now. So yeah. that, that really helps. I think that's definitely the catalyst for him, one of the catalysts for him like realizing that this is not a great thing to do. But um, in... You could kind of put Malcolm and Grant on one side and him on the other where they're like distrusting of this new progress and Hammond is like naive, even though he's an old guy. He's like, oh, technology's great. Like, isn't this amazing? Look what humans can accomplish. And um, he kind of learns that it's only humans can accomplish these things and they're great when we can control them. Mm. But can we control nature? Well, if you do a little bit better park planning, maybe. (laughs) David, They just plan a really bad park. What parts of the movie... Are, um, you said it was kind of a snooze fest. Which parts are where it lulls for you? Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure we can all agree when they're climbing the electric fence or when they're falling through a tree with the Jeeps or the the T-Rex attack. Those are all yeah. awesome moments. They're the moments, looking back as a kid, they're like the only moments in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what are the parts that are like... I think it's, it's pretty interspersed. I think the problem for me is that uh, although the movie does a good job clearly delineating what the characters are or what, what defines them, there's none that I really like. Uh, I like Jeff Goldblum and I like Newman. But everyone else, <laughs> I like the evil Wait character. A I think I, I did. Liking is the wrong word. Okay. I think he's very you find it interesting. Very well rounded in terms of like as a evil gray goofy villain, a gray yeah. character. Sure. Yeah. Um, but like Sam Neill's character, I think is really boring. I find mm-hmm. Laura Dern's not super well defined. I don't like the kids at all. Right. Uh, Hammond, I don't like. And so I find that the the moments where the stakes are really high and it's life and death, I totally get why for other people this works and it's so thrilling. For me, I'm just like. Eh. <laughs> like if they die okay what and do like, you what do you think I is like know. what do you think is because i feel like one of my complaints about the movie is that malcolm is sort of undercooked mm-hmm. like he he serves a very important 
thematic purpose in that he is a chaos theorist. He gets all the uh, philosophical bits that Riley's yeah. just talking about. He's basically the agent for t- bringing that stuff up. Right, right. He's like, the, he's reminding the audience that, hey, this is really cool that we have a dinosaur park, but they're freaking dinosaurs and we don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, ethical and quandaries. Everything that can happen will. And uh, yeah, you, but then your he, scientists it, were so preoccupied with whether they could do something, they didn't stop to think about whether they should. should. But then that time is over and now yeah. action. Yeah, action movie and now time. he's injured and he's on the sidelines for like the last half of the movie. Yeah, I think that's kind of lame. I think that yeah. uh, I, that's kind of just an undercooked aspect of that character because mm-hmm. I think they could have done interesting with things with him where like, right. his cynicism comes back and either saves them or d- works the other way. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's less that his character is written so well, more that Jeff Goldblum occupies that character mm. with such charisma right. that it, it, fleshes it fleshes it out more than like Sam Neill's great. Lord Dern's a great actor. But I think that those characters, like, they don't uh, fully expand what the written part of that character is into something that I really like. Mm. I didn't think you were going to say all that. I thought you were going to have a different answer. And oh. I thought I was going to be like, well, here's the, <laughs> here's why. Because I have uh, my Let own me thing. give my response to your imagined <laughs> initial. I thought it was going to be about pacing because it was kind of a weird movie. A be- little bit. Because mm. on the one hand, it's like a monster in the house kind of archetype story. Yeah, where, right. like, the house in this case is the whole island and yep. the monsters are the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And we, it's it's pretty set up from these uh, praise of the killer speeches we talked about that the the raptors in particular are the adversary. Mm-hmm. adversary. But uh, there's all these weird things where yeah we see dinosaurs when they first get to the island uh, with the brontosaurus, but then we do a lot of Riley talking for a while about yeah. ethical things, <laughs> and then and then we don't meet the kids. Mm. Who are main characters yeah. until 38 minutes. Wait, yeah. main characters? The kids are main characters. Yeah, yeah, not we, the main characters. No, they're no, not. Sam Neill's yeah. But they are yeah. among yeah. main characters, yeah, 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 and yeah. we don't meet them until 38 and minutes. That's an important element for that fourth quadrant, for that children quadrant, because until then, there's no one for them to be like, I, I am that person. And it's uh, mm. interesting to me, because usually the rule kind of is like, you should be introducing all the characters who are going to be important in the first like 15 minutes yeah. or something like that. Well, I, I'm interested because I'm sure there's a breakdown where this movie breaks down neatly into like the 30 minute, like first act, 60 minute, second act, 30 minute, third act. But it feels like the second act starts like 45, 50 minutes. Well, this in. is what I'm saying, because if you think of it from the monster in the house, that's what this movie is. Then act one doesn't end until they are in the Jeep and fighting the T-Rex. That's when you've wow. got, you finally have all the characters are in place and there's a storm. So there's mm. like an obstacle and stakes and um, yeah, a, he- yeah but, a hero obstacle yeah. stakes. But did you, but did you find that boring? Like, did you find that makes the movie boring a bit? No. And here's why. Ah. Oh. Because that you don't not, you do not go to this movie. The, the promise of the premise is not people fighting dinosaurs. Yeah. The promise <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the premise is People co- seeing dinosaurs right. and interacting with dinosaurs, and therefore the end of Act One is actually as soon as they go to the island, and the um, the promise of the premise is delivered much earlier than these kids arriving and the T Rex attacking. It's delivered as soon as they see the brontosaurus, which is pretty, which is early enough to keep yeah. us interested. Yeah. But they still set up the danger of the monster in the house, even when the helicopter ride, because it's a harrowing helicopter ride mm-hmm. where they everyone hold on, we have to drop you know, faster than we want to land, and it's because the island is danger. Right. And so right. They, they plant that seed. Up. We're huh. entering its atmosphere. So you're kind of yeah. willing to put up with all this stuff, even it ends up being a monster movie, like, way on down yeah. the line. I think, because yeah. we're so interested in, like, what if you could see dinosaurs yeah. that we're willing to put up with a, this is the explanation of how they're trapped in amber exactly. and all that. Totally it's, it's kind of like this whole, like, the destination isn't important, it's the journey or whatever. It's, it's, this, it's the teasing is more fun than the reveal. 
Yeah. You know? Well, the then reveal look what is happens. great. But once the reveal is over, what are you going to do? Just keep revealing and revealing and revealing? It's like well, the this teasing. Is, this is exactly what you're talking about with the yeah. sequels. Yeah. Mm. Every sequel, exactly. you only have the monster in the house. It hasn't yeah. It hasn't uh, gotten to that same level. And I think they try a little bit with these new ones by like having these evolved... Like we genetically engineered like Indominus Rex oh, and God. stuff. Like they they have they have like Super new dinosaurs Rexes, that they yeah. that didn't actually exist. That oh, they the power the power creep. Even in the third movie, the third original movie, it's like this. It's bigger than a T Rex and has a fin on it. You're like T Rex times a million with the Spinosaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. God. yeah it's kind of fun because every time they do this, it's like oh, it's a bigger, badder dinosaur, but it's basically the same as the T Rex. Yeah. It's well, just scary. They got pterodactyls in that one though. In, oh yeah, in Jurassic oh, yeah, Park three. Yeah, oh, and the megalodon too that comes out of the water. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah, uh, weird kind of abrupt ending in this movie. Yes. Yeah, I was like, what? I, I yelled <laughs> out loud. I was like, what do you What do you mean? That's the end? Well, I, I to me, I feel like it, it starts earlier because like I think that the T Rex coming in is such a weird climax. Like yeah. it's such a like Deus Rex Machina where <laughs> it's just like it feels so unearned. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I find it so unsatisfying because like. I think the scene with the kids escaping the the Velociraptors, that's a great scene in the kitchen. And like they're finally smart enough to figure out how to how to escape it. And the girls like kind of overcome her, her fear and is like using her wits to to survive. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene, they just kind of get lucky. And I'm right. like, that's kind of sucks that that's the climax of the movies. They just get lucky. But I think that, well, okay, I agree with you on on some level. That that bothers me. I think that if the movie had a slightly more earned ending and like a bit more of a denouement where I didn't feel like it was so sudden. Yeah. This might be a nine or something, but yeah. I think that the ending is one of those things that brings it down a little bit for me because of those things you mentioned. And um, I forgot I, I was going to say something else. Well, that's good because I actually want to push back on that a little bit because we're not following characters. Like these kids are not the protagonists and it's not part of their arc that they increase in competence oh, remember, throughout yeah. the movie. It's true that the girl is afraid a lot of the movie and then she gets to be a hacker and, and kicks mass at the end. Yeah. But it's not like... Unix? This is a Unix system. You see how weird she held <laughs> I know this. the mouse? It was like, <laughs> like three fingers off. I have off. definitely used a like, computer Whoa. before. And how the file system is, is spatial and graphical <laughs> so the audience can like, look, yeah. this little building represents where the files are. <laughs> okay, anyway... Um, yeah. That's not, we're not watching someone who has to, yeah, they have to fair. like, they have to beat the dinosaurs in order for their their arc to be closed. Yeah. Instead, it actually just carries on and pounds in the theme, which is, you know, we're looking at the T-Rex in the lobby of the, of the fucking yeah. amusement park with the banner falling down. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a great over. Yeah. It is over. This, this dream is done. Experiment I, failed. I remember now that's, that was what my point was going to be is that like nature. Oh, this whole ex- movie is an experiment about whether can we control nature is all progress. Good. Turns out it's not. And this is how you know, because the T-Rex. But as far as them being in the helicopter and just rolling credits, I'm just like, what? Yeah, that came out of nowhere. And I was actually also irritated because I was like, what is this? What are these last shots with, with Grant looking out the window of the helicopter and seeing the birds flying away? Did you guys like, did I that make sense that. to you? No. Uh, kind of. I thought it was just about like, I don't know. He, it was like a relief. They're back into like the world as it should be or something. So this shot is one of the things that makes me respect this movie more as not just like a fun blockbuster because I heard a, um, I, I, lo- I watched a Wisecrack video where they were breaking down this movie and a screenwriter talked about Grant's arc and the, which which made me think about it more and that's why I'm like so into it but one of the things he said about that last shot is that it's a bird dinosaurs turned into birds just like Grant has uh progressed from being this initial form to this later form and accepting that progress is good 
he must, you know, the, the dinosaurs, like the time of the dinosaurs is over. They turned into birds and that's what they are now. So like, accept this change mm. that you've gone through. I was like, whoa, if that's what it was. And I'm like, I don't see why it well, would be. Well, it's intentional. Yeah, Sp- like, Spielberg. We're looking, we're looking at these pelicans yeah. for a while. Yeah, and I'm like, if that's what that was, I'm like, oh, that's great. I love that. But like, I did not get it. it bo- what bothers me, though, is that the act- there's something that actually improved upon in the third movie, which is they're flying away, and then I... It's our, a ter- pterodactyl. There's pterodactyls in the yeah. air. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a sweet setup for the next one. You're like, shit. It's the dinosaurs cool se- have left the island. Yeah, that, it's interesting because that's a cool setup for the next movie. But at the same time, it doesn't carry the same significance. No. no. I mean, I guess... Totally different thing. But I mean, it kind of does, I guess, if, this, if the theme in this... I haven't seen the second one in a while. But if the theme there is also... This is the third one I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what's in the second one? I thought that people are flying away in the second one, too. I don't The remember. humans grow wings. But, crazy, but what annoys me, or one, I don't know, like Grant comes upon these eggs and he's like, oh no, they are breeding in the in the wild. But yeah. that's so far from the ending that it's just kind of like they put that in there to set up some kind of sequel or or to prove that Malcolm's right or something. But yeah. it's just kind of, it just seems placed like at random. He could have found those eggs at any point in the movie. It's not like, well, it's I not think, bringing us to the ending. I think that's the point at which shit is starting to hit the fan. Like they're stuck in the wilderness uh, everything has gone wrong. Their vehicles trashed, and now they have to basically go back to this primitive state of being, working their way through the jungle towards escape. Um, and so I think that's kind of just like another—it's a signifier. It's a—it's a—it's a—yeah. In the movie of like, it's, it's this, like things are going wrong. Yeah, you can't rein- control things. It, it, it's a build-up toward the T-Rex in the lobby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess yeah. my my pushback on that is that I feel like the movie doesn't do a convincing job of of being like these people are really doing what they could do to stop nature or to fight nature right. i'm like these people are incompetent for sure they've set up a stupid park they they they're like it's impossible for them to breathe <laughs> 30 minutes later they fucking breathe yeah the scientist like, is so confident so he's like confident. you're telling me a female and like, i female. get that's part of the theme it's like the hubris of of science of yeah. progress um but I, I just feel like the park isn't so well thought out that i'm like i see the flaws i see why this yeah. is gonna work like having an electric fence that has no backup generator like that's pretty fucking stupid. Like, have something local <laughs> that'll kick in. Like, there's a lot of security things. And I'm just like, nature didn't win yep. against mankind. They won against idiots. Right. So, I think, like... I think uh, that... I mean, okay. So, there's a couple of responses. First of all, I agree. I think that the movie could, like, do that a lot better. And that was one of the criticisms I, criticisms I have of the movie, where particularly in the... Uh, triceratops getting sick scene. Yeah. So, like, they have this kind of subplot about dinosaurs getting sick. There's, just, there's a triceratops, and later when they're in, the, they're in the tree, the kid's like, oh, this brachiosaurus looks sick, and oh, yeah. he sneezes Sneeze. on the girl. Great, gross-out Nickelodeon moment. <laughs> Everyone loves it. But we're like, wait, why are these dinosaurs getting sick, and they never really answer that in the movie? Do you know the answer from the screenplay, James? Well, I can guess from just the movie. Go, what is it? Well, to me, it's, it's like because they're not fully comprehending the ecosystem they're creating, you know, just right. like Sattler says, like you're taking these pl- these plants because you think they look cool, but you have no idea how they interact with these animals. That could be a lot. Like Stegosaurus is as far apart from T Rex as as uh, T Rex is from the pyramids or something like wow. that. Yeah. So so that's the high level kind of overarching explanation uh, from bird's eye view, and the the specific explanation is that the Triceratops and I guess the Brachiosaurus as well. Um, they like birds. They have gizzards. And so they eat rocks to uh, break down food. And uh, the you, rocks... Like you don't have stomach acid. You, re- right. you re- rely on mechanical motion oh, to break right. down your food. So every six weeks, the stones get smooth, and then they need new ones. So they spit them up and and uh, eat new rocks. And the rocks are close to the toxic berries. Oh. And so that's why they get sick every six weeks. But 
that, this is why I'm bringing it up because it's a criticism of mine because I'm like, whoa, okay, that's kind of a complicated whole thing to like have in the movie and then not fully explain. Yeah. Sounds like it's in the book. It, yeah. So it is in the book and there was a deleted scene where they fully explain it and they got rid of it, I guess, because it's just like boring. But it was weird to me that they, that was one criticism I had where it's like, there's this sick subplot and I had to Google after. I'm like, wait, what What was yeah. up with the dinosaurs being sick? I didn't, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't address that really. Um, so yeah, but at least yeah. it's uh, they remove that kind of stuff. You know, this scene sucks. Let's remove it. And if we remove it, is it still gonna work? And clearly, it worked. Right. I well, think the- it, it does work, but I think it leads to this criticism where we're like, these park staff don't know what the hell we're, they're doing. Yeah. Like, if we can watch it and be like, well, obviously they did this and this and this and this wrong. Yeah. They should have gotten to their gotten there first. You well, know, they the also they also have this this agent inside who's like screwing it up like it would totally. have never have gone that wrong if they didn't have someone who intentionally breaking for it. sure i just think that like the the one of my criticisms is the park doesn't feel fully realized like there's six people running this whole park like it's not a <laughs> it's not a real place yeah. it's not a real potential amusement park like there's thousands of people that need to that need to be there to make it work and i think that that the movie being a movie is limited and it, it, yeah. it just the scope of it feels totally artificial to me mm. it, it does yeah and i think that's a criticism of all the movies in the franchise too after this they can't really get rid of this problem where they're we are just supposed to take it for granted that this theme park exists and there were the, there was this vast infrastructure like in almost every movie they're like oh there's this other island where we tried it first and then we we're like nope that didn't yeah. work so let's go let's let, we'll, we leave it abandoned and there's still a bunch of dinosaurs there yeah that well, happens so many times it's like how much resources how many things do you have in the background that we didn't see like you should show us this stuff, you well, know. Even as simple as like, why are they retail cars that are just going to be modified to be electric and on a track? Like mm-hmm. that—that's stupid to have these Ford Product Explorers. Placement. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> it's a silly where I think like they they miss an opportunity to do like a little bit of world building with how that car looks. Like it's right. specifically designed to be against dinosaurs and move maybe a little bit faster than one mile an hour. And like yeah. also, since we're getting into nitpick hey. territory here, <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> Those jeeps are just not connected to that rail. No, they're not. There's they're just not. nothing. They're not. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. No like, they're all electric. They co- they they follow this yeah. rail. I'm like how? There's, yeah, there's multiple no, angles. Yeah. I'm like maybe I just don't see it from this angle. There's just like one skinny little thing that comes yeah. down from the. It's a it's it, cable. Do you cable. see it? No. I'm just. Uh, you, you don't. That's what I assume. I'm right but now. it's literally not on set. Like yeah. you don't see it. It's well, a huge it, problem. Like why? Why have it be a full mechanical car if it can only go on the track anyway? Like I, I always expect I'm like, oh, they're gonna take it off and like only have a certain amount of battery or something. Yeah. What's the point? Why? Why are they spending like forty thousand dollars on these cars that are just like a little <laughs> fucking cart? Like it's so stupid. Because well, hubris. 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 hubris you're right. They were like, they we spare no, no expense. expense. We can control nature. I mean, okay. So like, as long as we're on this hubris thing, we. Uh, I think the movie, like it, it's, it seems kind of like a subtle thing because they don't really address it that much. It, it's, it's the, it's the overarching theme of the whole thing. But they have that uh, conversation where Malcolm, they're watching the, um, what are they watching? Triceratops, or they're looking for, they're looking for a dinosaur and it's not showing up in the oh, pen. Oh, the, the one of them, the spitting one, Dilophosaurus. Yeah, Dilophosaurus. And Malcolm is like, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. Uh, what happens? Dinosaur eats man. Man, man oh. kills God. No, God. God oh. Cre- oh, God kills dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Uh, man creates dinosaurs. And then uh, Sattler is like, dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. I love that. And so, like, uh, it's it's an interesting idea because it it addresses this whole this hubris thing of like, okay, and we talked about this a little bit in the Fight Club episode where, in the absence of this. 
higher power or this like overarching structure for how society should be or what we should do, man is taking these risks and taking these like testing the boundaries. It's like, okay, wait, we don't have this we don't have these constraints on what we can do anymore. Let's do everything and ev- anything, you know? And uh, I think that's an interesting idea that the movie struggles with or, or, or puts forward as, an, like, as, as the, the, the main question. Hmm. I think it's great. And, uh, <laughs> and I, think that, I think the movie could do a lot better in, in sort of saying that, hey, men are taking this seriously, though. In terms of like the scientist, yeah. like kind of completely well, like, overlooking. I feel, I just that conversation it. happens though, because Malcolm is like, you know, you didn't earn this knowledge. You just yeah. took the work of geniuses and you made the next step and then you commercialized it as soon as you could. But I thought that wasn't a I, fair criticism. I, that's, isn't that exactly what you're saying? And then Hammond says, well, no, we we did try. Like, Do you he, think there was other people doing it? Like I thought they were, this was cutting edge research. That's it, what, yeah. yeah, but that's why I thought that wasn't a fair criticism of Malcolm to make because he's like, you're just standing on the shoulders of giants. And it's like, well, they clearly did new science that hasn't been done before. Yeah. <laughs> So I there's don't some know. like Russian labs, but, they have but his, his point is that they're getting it out there into the world before they've like really proven it and seen, you yeah. know, tested but it, it. But it's not really the world. Like they're bringing in experts to judge and see. Well, and that, feel it that's out. because the the board was. Like, that's only because of the opening scene in the movie that guy dies. Yeah, that's if that right. wasn't happening, they're, they're opening it right away, right? That's it's fine. just like our society is based on growth, not resilience. Just like mm-hmm. COVID nineteen showed, mm-hmm. right? It's like oh, just don't fund that little that little uh, department over there that. Make sure we don't all die in the right. event of emergency. Like, because we could have, we could imagine a parallel universe where we make sure like twenty percent of GDP just goes into resilience, and we yeah. just have all this <laughs> extra stuff. There's just bunkers full of stuff. Yeah. But instead, we're just like, no, standard of living and growth. That's all yeah. we care about. I think that's totally fair, and I I do agree. I think that's there's like a really strong theme in that where like we have to examine our our need for growth. Mm. I just think that this movie falls a little bit short. Like, I just. I feel like it's like a pro-Christianity movie where it's like, what? See how silly science is? Like, look, science is so irresponsible. And I'm like, that's not what science is looking like. I thought it was was kind of like a pro-environmentalism movie. A little bit. Where it's like... Or conservationism. Yeah. Where where nature is this... this, um, Well, it's dangerous, first of all, but it's also something that we don't and can't understand. And we're like the hubris of trying to take over the earth and control it. We should like... Just behave. But that's Hold on a, second, that's a religious it. idea too. Like oh, that's for sure, like yeah. yes, submit to nature because God created nature. That's not true. A lot of the viewpoints of Christianity is uh, we yeah, dominate nature. Yeah, it's control the earth. We, it was it was there we're, for we're our stewards of the earth though. Like right. we can't like we're well, like God created things as they are, so you should leave yeah. them as they are. Like, well, you're that's, talking about two different schools in Christianity now. You know there are Christian maybe, environmentalists think, and there that, are Christians who think that we should pollute the rivers. But you know? more like on a biological level, that like mm. we should leave things as God made them because that's how God made them. Yeah, but. Like, especially biologically. I get, hey, I, I get what you're saying, and I think that there is, particularly now in, in Christianity, a, and in religion in general, I guess, a, a sort of move towards, hey, environmentalism is important. Uh, God gave us the earth to steward, so we should, like, take it seriously. But I think that historically, for sure, the attitude has been more like, this was given to us to do with as we see fit. Mm-hmm. Like, we are supposed to go out there and colonize the earth and, like, do whatever, you Yes. Know? For sure. But I think that like the, but I mean, I guess that's such a modern idea, the ability to change nature, not just dominate it. Right. Because this is, this isn't just about dominating nature. It's about changing nature. Yeah. yeah. It's about playing God. It's about harnessing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And controlling it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it really fits neatly into either one of those kind of boxes. How about some nitpicks? I got some. Let's do it. Okay. I'm actually so mad in the T-Rex scene (laughs) when the girl has the flashlight 
and she's yeah. pointing. I'm like, this not even, not <laughs> yeah. even the stupidest little kid yeah. would do that. That is just like against your yeah. your primal instincts. You stand still and try not to get noticed. Yeah, Who, shine a light. Yeah. Not, not a being on this earth <laughs> would be like, how about I take something really bright and shine it in its eye? That yeah. would just never happen. And she so, keeps doing it too. And like, her little brother is like, shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but these are kids raised on CD-ROMs. They definitely, <laughs> it's an interactive they, CD-ROM. They definitely have ADHD and they yeah. are not sitting still. I just realized that when she gets in the Jeep and says, oh, it's an interactive CD-ROM, <laughs> yeah. that sets up her as a hacker later. That's oh, so funny. That's awesome. I, tidy. Okay, that, that makes me feel better because when she's like, this is a Unix system, I know, I understand this. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, All it's, of a it's not built up enough. No, they yeah. need another scene. Yeah, that now, scene was so funny. Now the nitpick. Ugh, I mean, and they could have just dealt with this one, but they didn't. Uh, there's a Jeep stuck in the tree. It's coming down at us. We got to get down this tree really fast, but not go sideways. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Tell me something. There's no branches Dude. over there. Make them try to go sideways. They can't go sideways. Dude, I didn't think about that at all in that scene. Are you kidding oh, me? Really? No, the whole time I was just like smashing my head. Enough, there is roots though that kind of like line where they're they going so they might not be able to get out of the way because the roots are in no, the way. I, I'm sure it's plausible I'm that saying, there's just no yeah, but big I, branches on that side of the tree. That's annoying like, in movies when like a big thing's toppling over and then they just run this way instead of going three feet this run way. Run lengthwise? Yeah. Like, that <laughs> is perpendicular? <laughs> yeah. There's another axis of movement. Um, no, literally a one dimensional in that, in that scene I did not think about that at all but now that you're saying it I'm like oh absolutely. But what I wrote about that scene is a good it's well it's not a good what's the opposite what's the, what's the opposite of a nitpick? Hit pick. Hit pick. And hit pick is that that scene is one of the most exciting, like, set pieces in a movie about dinosaurs. Mm, the most yeah. exciting, one of the most exciting pieces of a car th falling through a tree instead of, like, a T-Rex eating something. I was like, nice job, Spielberg. I gotta say, the design of those Jeeps is fucking sick. Yeah? I would drive on right now. Have you now. seen them? Have you seen, there's one in Vancouver that's... Oh, I want it. You can get the decals and stuff. That's you must be sick. able to, because there's a Jeep in Vancouver that has all the bright paint and yeah. all the decals on the side. It looks like a Jurassic Park. I'm Dude, so down. you can buy the skin in Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> the font is so good yeah. i really like the opening even when you're seeing like the universal studios marquee you already have these like bug sounds these yeah. rainforest sounds uh, it's like putting you in the mood without needing an opening totally, credits yeah. thing and then you see that font and you're like was that just like a generic safari font or did they just like they probably is it completely it. original because it's so iconic some graphic designer out there please let us know all you yeah. need to do is put a little squiggly in the middle <laughs> I think yeah, to that point I think the movie is like so thick with atmosphere and like in yeah. every scene <laughs> hold on pause I have a good joke here Riley if you, <laughs> you take that squiggly out of the Jurassic Park font all you're left is the Greek restaurant font <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely they yeah, should... it's pretty close alright atmosphere <laughs> all, the, all the dinos were Greek yeah <laughs> what are you doing on an island I can't do a Greek accent I'm sorry moving on um, yeah, I think that they do a good job investing into the atmosphere and like even the world building a little bit like when Newman What's his character's name? Uh, Dennis. Dennis Dennis Nedry when he's meeting with the corporate spy uh, And they do a, like a little bit of world building they kind of give you a little bit of the village that they're in Yeah, uh, and it's like it could be anywhere. It could be anything but like it just every scene in the movie They're doing a little bit to like really make this place feel lived in and real. Yeah, and I really appreciate that I, Even I, the jungle stuff. It I just like it's like, a set, but it feels like they true. thought about it. Yeah, everything looks so good. It's a hit pick. Um, Here's a nitpick. Oh, where do they get the DNA for the plants? I was wondering that about that. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the extinct vegetarian mosquitoes. That's a great, <laughs> yo, that's a great question. They never address that. And I mean, I guess fine, they were just whatever. like found a new uh, DNA extract extraction technique for plants. No, it they might can't. be in the book. 
It might be in the it book. It might be the book. Maybe. Have yeah. you noticed, I'm pretty sure the girl, the little girl Lex in this movie, isn't she one of those people who's always in the thumbnail images for those, you know, those websites at the bottom of, when you scroll to the bottom of an article and it's like, where are they now? Dead, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like dead actors or something. Some like meth. <laughs> yeah. I saw adult face. which child actor is on meth now. It's always her. It's like, I don't know what her life's actually like, but know. she I hope it's a thumbnail. When I hope I, it's good. When I searched up Jurassic Park to like look at background stuff or whatever, she was on one of those thumbnails and it's like, where are they now? And it's like her in a bikini as an adult. Oh I'm like, oh, okay. I hate that. Whatever plugin has the same advertisements that it's always like a beautiful like model or yeah. something. And you're like, why? Why are, no? It's like, do we need to put a, a, a little girl, girl in the thumbnail? To yeah. a bikini Let's girl? move on. Did you yeah. notice this really weird? This thing. It sounds like someone said this as a joke and they kept it in the movie. Uh, they're in the theater watching like the DNA kind of thing, and uh, the lawyer he says to Hammond, he's basically asking, "Are these animatronic?" And Hammond's like, no, there's no animatronics things in the park at all. But he actually says, are these characters autoerotica? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does. I, I was like, what? And I like rewounded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. It's a funny joke, but yeah. it's a little bit too silly. Like, it's a little bit like he knows what autoerotica is. I mean, I is. think that lawyer character, we didn't talk about him at all. Yeah. But like, I think. A, he's a little, a little slapstick, bit. I guess. Yeah. He's, he's, he's basically there for like jokes. Yeah. And he's funny. Like, I get, he gets a good couple laughs. Yeah. Like, I, I love when he sees the dinosaurs and he's like, we're going to make so much yeah, fucking money. Yeah. He's like completely unlikable yeah. in the sense that he's like, oh, we're going to shut this park down. And, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then as soon as he sees the dinosaurs, he's like, okay, what are we charging? Like 10,000 a yeah. day? <laughs> uh, the scene where he's like in the in the car with the kids and the guy, um, the, uh, Tim, discovers the night vision goggles. Oh, yeah. And he's like, are they heavy? Yeah. And he's like, yes. And he's like, then they're expensive. Put them back. It's like, okay, we're just not supposed to like this guy. Yeah. Which is also why when he gets eaten, I'm like, meh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one, that's kind of a hit pick, I guess, overall. I love how... They straddle that line. This is a movie about flesh-eating horrible monsters, and multiple people get eaten alive, but we don't see like there's some blood. Like we see Arnold's arm yeah. in the in the bunker. That was or whatever. too scary when I was a kid. I hate I yeah. Larissa I saw that, that and she's like, that's so hokey and lame. That looks awful. Oh, when I was a oh, really? five-year-old, that was too much though. It looked pretty real. It doesn't look that real. He's like really when the, shiny. When the arm first goes down, yeah. you're like, that's it's a guy's arm. It's a weird arm. reaction, though, that she's like, oh, wow, thank you. Like, she's so comforted by this yeah, arm. Yeah, she would be like, ah! Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't it matter if it's It wouldn't feel human and living. Yeah. It'd be like, what is, what is this it's cold thing on yeah, me? Oh my. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I, I appreciated how that they, they straddled that line because I was like, this is a perfect... It's like a horror movie and a PG movie. It's great. It, and like James was saying, like it's an, it's hard to make a movie that appeals to four quadrants. And like this nailed it. It's like a a monumental blockbuster yeah. in terms of like broad appeal. It like was the insane. record holder, I believe, until Titanic. I believe it. Okay, nitpick the lysine contingency. So they mentioned at one point in the movie that uh, they feed they they supply all the dinosaurs with the amino acid lysine because without it, it's a it's a it's a fundamental amino acid that they all need. And without it, they would slip into a coma and die. But in reality, no animal on Earth creates their own lysine. They all have to get it from food. Oh. So the dinosaurs are no different from regular animals in that regard. And it's a weird thing to put in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in the book, the, the dinosaurs do escape from the island. And they just get their lysine from the things that everyone else gets it from. Like, uh, like they, it, 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 it lists chicken and soybeans particularly but like you can get the amino acid from anything yeah you're just a hater what it's a nitpick <laughs> we're doing nitpicks yeah my nitpick is when laura dern 
pushes on the wrong side of the door to help. Like, oh, I noticed that too. So, no, it's such a movie trope. And it's like, you have to frame people separate, but like, you're not getting any leverage when you're pushing close to the hinge. It's such yeah. a waste of energy. RF sine theta, okay? <laughs> what, unless you're at the end of the radius, you're, it's just, you're not also, putting a lot of force in. So annoying in that scene. They're trying, uh, Grant and Th Sattler are trying to keep the door closed. Tim is just standing there going, ah, and the shotgun is on the floor. I'm like, I know, Yo, exactly. Just get the shotgun. Sh uh, shoot the dino in the face you know it's <laughs> okay. like a okay. simple solution I got the screenplay open again Gennaro this is overwhelming John are these characters animatronics what no, yeah in the screenplay it says animatronics oh so it's an ad lib it I love must it be, yeah. what a weird ad lib and that's this amazing is a, this, is a, this screenplay actually does something weird I've never seen before where it'll have lines of dialogue and then it'll give alternates so it'll be huh. like he says are these characters or People are these people animatronic? Like they, I don't know why they just. Oh, you've never. In. I've never seen that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, that's that's like a common thing when I get um, sides for like auditions and stuff. Oh. They'll be like, "Here's an alt," so they want you to read both oh. just to just to cover it in I case know. they like the second one later Fair or something. Enough. I guess um, yeah. Michael Crichton wanted to leave the option open. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ice cream buffet. That ice cream was basic. <laughs> that yeah, ice cream was from like little, Safeway or it's something. Yeah. Why? It's a nip it. Well, because the whole scene is they're eating the ice cream because it it's going to melt no. and it's supposed to be very expensive ice cream because he spared no expense. But it's like a plastic he, tub. Hammond yeah. says multiple times throughout that, oh, spared no expense, spared no expense. We have the best stuff here. <laughs> and the ice cream is like Based basic on ass what? grocery store ice cream. They're what? big tubs. They're not like the four <laughs> liter ones. Tubs. They're tall. They're like they're when you go to get ice cream and there's the person scooping out for you, those are deeper tubs. Yeah, but normal. you would expect it to be in like a little fit. Like when I go to get, when you get the fancy ice cream it comes in like a box no, but or this a different is, type of bin there are this pale. isn't consumer facing though this is like industrial so it would have been in your like you know your array of 12 ice creams that you're standing over and they've got the big door that comes All over right, top fine. of them fine it's you're commercial right. but My, they could illustrate it a little better i didn't like the put it in a metal thing when the something. kids go in there and there's that buffet of food laying buffet. out who is that for i don't know but then, <laughs> then they start eating it and it shows what they've gorged on there's like half that blueberry pie is gone and shit yeah. i'm like yeah, right. Well, that kid can't put away. Like, I haven't <laughs> eaten grown. since yesterday. Maybe, Better. Yeah, maybe yeah. that girl's got a hollow leg. I just found that ice cream scene, like, it's a big moment for Hammond, and I felt nothing. I felt dead on the inside. Yeah. I was like, it's like his turning point. Not his turning point, but it's like him kind of All putting it out there. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give I you that. nothing. Yeah, I'll give you that his journey is not really, you don't feel it as much. Mm -hmm. um, it's more kind of like you realize by the end that he has changed. Yeah. But during the changing, we don't really get him, like, wrestling so much with it. And maybe that's just like the actor or like, but there are definitely scenes where he shows visible concern for his grandchildren yeah. and and he hears the gunshots over the phone and he like screams and yeah. he's like, obviously he, there, there's a scene where he's, um, uh, they're on the tour and no none of the dinosaurs show up and he's like sitting there holding his hands and Malcolm's like tapping on the camera and he's mm. like, um, there is going to be dinosaurs on this dinosaur tour, right? Yeah. And he's like, I really hate that man. But I guess, yeah, that's that's like- At that stage, he just wants the part yeah, to, to perform. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I like when he's doing the ice cream thing, he's he's reflecting on what, what they did wrong. Yes. Mm. And he's still not getting it. And right. Sadler's mm. like, no, you can't just like try again and, and try to like cross all the T's and dot all the I's. You yeah. just fundamentally, this is a bad idea. He's like, the next one will be better. The next one will have control. And he's like, you never had control. Like, you can't have well, control. Well, maybe if they made the raptor enclosure bigger than like 10 feet across. <laughs> There's how many raptors? There was like five yeah. or six. And they're like, oh, the, the, the big mama killed the other two. I'm like, yeah, because they're in like a 10 foot by 10 yeah. foot space. Like, yeah. it's so unrealistic that you have these like 
nine foot tall dinosaurs I mean, in this tiny space. Maybe, well, maybe it's saying something of. about maybe it's saying something about like zoos and like how people are dumb and think that he, animals can get by like living in these maybe. tiny things. But that one was a little too no, unbelievably for small. Sure, for sure. Okay, here's another nitpick. I just realized now. In the early scene when Grant is describing why raptors are like birds, yeah. he says, uh, look at the pelvis. It's backwards like a bird. Look at the air sacs in their, in their spinal column. It's like a bird. Yeah. And then his third piece, I don't know which logical fallacy word, this is. <laughs> even the word raptor means birds. Like, that has nothing to do with raptors. <laughs> yeah. That's human. That's man-made. That yeah. is just a total non sequitur. That bothered me as well. It's not like, evidence. That's not a piece of evidence for your case. <laughs> you just like threw something extra yeah. in there. That's do you bullshit. guys notice the first time we see the skeleton in the like entrance of Jurassic Park, the weird ass stance that skeleton is in? It's like a Mario hop. It's got one foot on its base uh, and it's like knee is up and its arms are like, yeah. like that. It's so weird. It's about to body slam the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was such a strange choice. It's like now we know that the primarily uh, primary adaptive behavior of T Rexes was to straight up body slam, <laughs> <laughs> to bebop, jump up. Yeah. Okay. So jump I off like the ring corner. I like when their kids are in the kitchen and they're escaping the Velociraptors. But there's like a shot where the Velociraptor is staring right at where the kids are going and doesn't yeah. notice them, and it's like. The Velociraptor would have seen them, and it's frustrating. He would have seen them, but I think I kind of like that <laughs> because <laughs> because um, it's 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 depicting the raptors as kind of being thinking beings, right? They're not like just dumb animals where as soon as they see something, they attack. They see them running out the door, and they're just kind of like, "All right, if I go after them right now, maybe I won't get them in time. I'm just going to observe." And I'm, mm, I like I like maybe. that the I like that the movie and. They, they clearly the movie has sufficiently built up the raptors that Riley's given them the benefit. That's of the yeah, fair. that's fair for sure. Well, I they they say them the, or uh, Muldoon, the Australian yeah. guy, says that like I, they think. I think that it's more just a they a play knifey spoony. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it's more just a failure of the VFX and like in the shot because the aisles are angled, you wouldn't immediately understand that the Velociraptor has seen them because right. like it's an angle and they're like there's something in between them for you. Yeah, but. Uh, no. So you think it's an error? I think it's an error. Okay. I like that sp- that scene where the raptor's just running right at her, but then it turns out it's a reflection. I love that too. Yeah, yeah. Nice little, uh, you got me. Yeah. Worst worst animatronic or whatever uh, practical effects shot in the movie is when the we're behind the velociraptor's feet mm. and it's running forward. Yeah. It just looks so it's dumb. Too it's too like, stiff. I can't see that as anything except a guy <laughs> holding the things being like, oh, like oh. Monty Python, like someone with two coconuts, <laughs> like yeah. making... Trotting yeah. noises. Did you yeah. guys find it weird when the helicopter lands right at the beginning and Hammond's like already in their trailer? Yeah, totally. Like the timing of it is so weird. It's like, wait, did he like sprint? Like, did he like go like hide? Like, how did they no wait. one notice him go into their trailer? Helicopters takes minutes to land. Oh, like, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, there it is, and it. Yeah. Like, you don't <laughs> get out right away. Just... I want to see the other camera angle of him like <laughs> shuffling out and be like. I mean, you can say that you know they're running around the site trying to cover up their dig. Yeah, for reasons unknown, like the dirt is going to ruin it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, there's a little error I noticed when they're in the helicopter. They're approaching the island, and it, uh, Hammond has his back to the cockpit. He's facing backwards, but he he's the one that goes there. It is. Oh. Like the island. Like you're you can't see that <laughs> <laughs> unless you shoulder check. You're not gonna. You can't see it. Yeah. Spielberg's so dumb, man. <laughs> he's basically as dumb as Kubrick. No. There's a lot that's of, a joke. That's a joke. It's a joke. Kubrick's there's, a there's master a lot filmmaker, and so is Spielberg. Errors in this movie, which is kind of surprising for such a big budget movie. Like the most famous one is when the T Rex goes into the the Jeep, the glass breaks and repairs itself many times. 
Wait, what? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. If you watch it, it like cracks, and then the next shot, it'll be back together. Uh, when the kids are like pushing on yeah. it, it's collapsed uh, on them. But it's like it's all that. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. There's another one when they first land on the island. The in the wide shot, the jeeps are already parked, so they're landing. But then the next shot is the jeeps parking. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that's, that's weird. Or the fence. There's lots of shots where it'll like be bent a certain way, and the next reverse shot, it's bent the other way. And mm. I found that so weird that a big budget movie just has all these weird continuity mm. errors. I you mean, never know. You just get so much yeah. footage, and then yeah, you prioritize fair. what matters. That's fair. Okay, really, 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 really quick. The shotgun shoots single bullets, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's slugs. What? It can be slugs. He shotgun sh- shoots slugs. No, he fired the shotgun three times. We on the on the phone. We hear. Oh. And then it cuts to the shot of the glass, and there are three single holes in the glass. Yeah, it's slugs. They're not buckshots. Wait, what? What do you mean? It's just like big. Like it's like a it's not a bullet, but it's like, like a big single thing. Is that common for? That's a thing. Yeah, slugs. I know it's a thing, but like it it's a clearly a shotgun. Yeah, but use a shotgun to shoot slugs. You don't have to use a shotgun to shoot shot, like buckshots. But buck most shots, of the time, well, I you're dealing you. with dinosaurs, baby. It was just weird. Yeah. <laughs> what does does what kind of electric fence uh, launches you 15 feet back? Yeah, that's, that's what the, that was my next thing. <laughs> yeah. Nope, that's he, not how that he works. Would, he would have held on even yeah. tighter and had the flesh <laughs> melted off his bones. <laughs> yeah, and then the next scene, he just has these little bandanas on his hands, and then he just continues to use his hands to yeah. eat it's food pretty, or whatever. I'm like, your hands would be done. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cartoony thing. Like, it was like, your hair's standing on end. And they even draw attention to it. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty... It's like, the, Tim, the piece of human toast. <laughs> Man, that joke... I was when, like, is this a cartoon? When yeah. Grant grabs, go, grabs the fence, ah, and pretends he's That's dying. It's amazing. So yeah, I laughed out loud for like... Well, speaking of cartoon, do you guys notice the like, whoop, sound effect yes! when Newman falls? <laughs> I thought I heard yeah, that. I thought I, I thought I made that up. <laughs> I burst what out laughing. Is that? Such a weird... It's like, whoop. Yeah, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a banana peel in the middle of the jungle. There. <laughs> oh, that it. was so weird. All right. Yeah. All right, we're one, done. No, I think. one more nitpick. Oh, jeez. When, when they're in the vents, the inside the vent shot, that those vents do not bend at all. But underneath, the velociraptors can see this like huge sag. Yeah. It doesn't work. That's not how it works, man. And on that uh, note, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, join us again next week when we are covering a new movie. On HBO Max called Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons. It looks evocative. It's getting good reviews. Yeah. Check it out, guys. And also tweet at us at Carpal Critics and email us hello at carpalcritics.ca. Hello. Greetings. How are you doing? Thank you for emailing. See you later. (laughs) 